Hello, hello, everybody. Um, thank you so much for joining us here on this lovely day. Um, welcome to TechBeat, where leaders learn, innovate, and grow. Um, my name is Earl Foote. I am your host and founder, CEO of Nexus IT. We are a white glove IT services support and cybersecurity firm based here in northern Utah and servicing a nationwide footprint. Um, <clears throat> today, I'm going to bring one of my uh, my dear friends on TechBeat with me. I'm super happy and honored to have my guest Giselle Namadi with me today. I'll bring her uh, up here uh, in just a minute and introduce her to everybody. Uh, before I do that, uh, a couple of quick announcements and um, uh, housekeeping, housekeeping items. First of all, uh, TechBeat is now on all major podcast platforms on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Google, Pandora, or anywhere you consume your, uh, your podcast. We would uh, love and appreciate your support, uh, your subscription there, and uh, certainly take a look at these uh, these segments or listen to these segments uh, on the go wherever you're at and wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Um, did want to mention that we will have question and answer throughout the uh, this segment or at the end of the segment. So feel free to whatever platform you're joining us from, uh, post those out, um, and uh, Giselle and I will do our best to keep an eye on those and get to them as it makes sense uh, throughout the segment here. Um, a couple of uh, quick teasers for upcoming segments here on TechBeat. Over uh, the summer and into the fall, we have some really cool, amazing guests, um, including Giselle herself. Um, but uh, let's see, June, uh, June 15th at 12 p.m. Mountain Time, Johnny Hanna, co-founder of CEO, uh, excuse me, co-founder and CEO of Homey, will be joining me. Uh, Basam Salem, uh, founder, CEO of Atlas RTX. Tim Cooley, author and executive director at Park City Angels. James Jensen, uh, founder, CEO at Jump and creator of The Void. Uh, Garrett Clark and John Bowers from Silicon Slopes. Tara Spaulding, Managing Director of Boom Startups, and Sid Tetro, CEO of Brandless, and more uh, awesome guests will be joining in the coming weeks and months. So uh, keep an eye out for those announcements. Um, all right, let's get to uh, our guest, the lady of the hour, my awesome friend, uh, Giselle Namadi. Giselle is founder and CEO of ILO. Uh, she has a, an extensive background in product UX and UI design for more than a decade um, with experience in SaaS products. Giselle takes joy in being able to lead a concept into reality. She values collaboration and communication. Giselle wants to work with people who are passionate like her and create together. So um, before we kind of <laughs> get into, uh, you know, into the conversation here to Giselle, I wanted to just kind of tell the story a little bit about how you and I met and how our our paths have crossed and converged here over over recent months. Um, so Giselle actually is joining us from LA. That's where she resides. Um, and she was here in town in Utah in February for Scott Paul's Cryptopia event, the, the first version of Cryptopia, which we just did another one last week. Um, uh, which was a ton of fun, by the way. Really great. Um, we missed you, Giselle. My band actually played the after party, and that was that was super rad. We had a really good time. Um, but uh, anyways, um, Giselle and I, I, I think actually I was walking out of the restroom, and you were hanging out there with somebody else, and you were just like, hi, how you doing, or something, you know? I was like, I was hey, looking at art. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was I was actually headed out. I had to get to another meeting, and I was uh, kind of in a hurry. But um, your energy immediately uh, captivated me, and um, you were super just kind and, and gracious. And so I know we we chatted for a moment, and then at the after party we we chatted some more and and got to know each other, you know, a little bit. But um, so if if you know me, you know that my tribe is, are. Um, people who are authentic, who are down to earth, they're non-presumptuous, presumptuous, just, you know, really great people that you can hang out with and do cool things together with and build, you know, meaningful businesses with together. Right. And so um, Giselle uh, told me at Cryptopia what she was up to, um, her idea and showed me some of the, the things that she was already putting together. And I was I was super um, just uh, taken back inspired by um, by her vision and uh, it was immediately apparent just how much grit and work ethic there was behind Giselle 
and um, you know what she was working or what she was working to 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 build and the dream she was you know she had. So um, we're going to talk a little bit more about ILO as as we get going here and what she's building because I want to highlight that. And by the way, um, you know I, I'm super honored uh, that Giselle actually has invited me to be on her advisory board. Um, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, um, with actually a really dear friend, Mo Reader, and some other really great, uh, you know, people that um, Giselle's starting to put together uh, for that advisory board as she builds out this venture, um, which has been a great group of people that are already collaborating and helping bring together some resources and, um, you know, make connections and stuff that Giselle needs in her in her journey here. So, um, all that said, Giselle, um, it's been awesome to, you know, um, join each other's tribes over recent months to collaborate and, and hang out a little bit and um, certainly to bounce ideas off of each other as we, we both build our, our respective ventures. So um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about you for just a bit. Um, I always like to tell the story behind my guests, the story behind our founders and um, where they've come from and all that kind of stuff. And I know your story is, you know, slightly unique. You, uh, you know, um, your family are immigrants to the, to the U S and, um, um, you know, you've, um, uh, you've had a background that, um, that has propelled you to be, uh, an achiever, you know, somebody who's has dreams and is working hard for those dreams. So tell us a little bit about that whole journey from maybe wherever you want to start childhood or teenage years all the way up till now. Yeah. Uh, first, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being who you are. I just kind of feel that every interaction that I have with you and interactions that I see you have with other people, I see you raising and supporting others. And it's just like, it's so clear and it's so beautiful to watch and it it, it comes through. Yeah. So it's, it's a pleasure getting to know you and it's a, it's, it's, I'm excited for the journeys ahead for sure. Um, uh, so I, you know, it's interesting with the whole Ukraine thing that's happening. I feel like I'm able to, I'm, I'm being able to see my story, um, paralleled, you know, in a way that I wasn't able to experience it before because I was a child. Right. So, but like in Iran, I'm from Iran and there's like a revolution and, um, there was a war that was going on. My family had to escape and basically leave everything they had behind to, to go to a new country and figure it out from there. Um, and, and I think that that kind of has made me in some ways who I am because I never actually kind of like there was initially early in life, there was a lot of moving around. And then after moving around, it was just kind of like, okay, am I part of this? Like, is this me or is that me or is that me? And I kind of feel like I, I made a decision at some point where it's like, okay, it's all me. Like there's this part of me and that part of me and this part of me. Um, and I feel like um, a lot of people forget that English is not my first language. So even I sometimes forget, but it's like, there's, there's moments where I'm like, what is the right way of saying this? Or it's like, how do you even like translate this thought, this like Persian thought or this other thought into English? So, um, I feel like that also affects the, the person that I am. Um, so, um, <clears throat> I, I basically, I basically started off being a wild child. I was really into sports and I really loved just kind of like being, uh, doing things with my hands. Uh, and then, uh, I would say that when I was growing up, I realized that interpersonal skills are just so important. And uh, I started doing a bunch of theater. So I did a lot of theater in LA and I love doing theater. And like the immediate, like, you know, you're, you, you know, you, you put the story together and you're doing your best to, to present this, this, this feeling, this story, this like, um, and then being able to interact with people, feel it hitting them and have it hit you back and give it back. So I was doing theater for a while. Um, and then from there I was like, okay, I think like, I, I'm really good at speaking with people. So I want to do something with that and helping people. So I got into psychology and that was great. I, I love psychology. I love the idea of being able to go deep with someone and, and, uh, shed light on perspectives that they don't have and help them overcome whatever it is that they can overcome. Um, and then, and then I was like, okay. I'm a woman. Uh, I don't want to deal with the glass ceiling. Um, I, I don't want, I want to have freedom. I want to do something that like bots are not going to one day take over what I'm doing. I want to be able to be creative. I like had a checklist of things that I wanted uh, a job to have. 
And I felt like UX and UI just really hit all of that. Like it was just like you could work with a bunch of different people. You can be creative. Um, you can help bring people's ideas to life. You could tell the story that needs to be said in a, in a way that needs to, you know, that will hit the the person in a way that they want to interact with something, you know, it, in essence, it's like the app that you're creating is a, is a character. It's like this thing that they're interacting with. And that felt really uh, like a good combination of the things that I had amassed, like skills that I had kind of amassed. Um, so I was doing that for like more than a decade. I kind of, I kind of just, uh, I'm self-taught. I went on, on YouTube, YouTube university. Yeah. And, um, I basically kind of like watch as many things as I could. I made samples of things. I did dri dribble like spinoffs, like whatever I can do. And then I found a design firm, um, that, uh, or actually a development firm that let me intern with them. I interned for like a year and a half and then I got a job and I worked there for a while. And then I slowly just started, you know, freelancing and getting, getting gigs. Um, so then that let, that led me all the way up until like, you know, I was, I'm doing good, have my design, design team and, uh, have, have all these, uh, have all these clients that I love. And then, um, in January or December of last year, my mom got cancer and, and that was a, that was a, that was an unbelievable blow. I just, I was not prepared for that because I, I just wasn't prepared like for the thought that, that like she may not be with me and that like all of the things that I'm trying to do and like the success that I'm trying to have to prove to her that like I've done well and she doesn't need to worry about me. Like it just kind of was like, you know, you won't even have the time. Like she may not even feel well. Like, so essentially like my understanding of like time and the value of time and, and how to fill that time and, you know, all, all of that changed. And then, um, essentially I was, I was managing like, um, my design firm and also helping her with health, her health. And, uh, that led me to be on a lot of calls with a lot of insurance companies and a lot of doctors and a lot of like, you know, just like all, all of this stuff. And I had a, a straw that broke the camel's back moment. Like literally like that is a real thing where it just happens. Like, and I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was bike riding through Santa Monica and I had my dog in my front basket and um she called me and she was sounding horrible and she's like a very spunky person so she you know she usually doesn't sound like that and she was just like hey like can you get this medication for me i'm not feeling well uh you know uh like get you know get this medication i was like mom i'll do whatever you want like let me you know let me do this and uh you know i called pharmacy I, I had to navigate this like for this press one for that press two. And it was during COVID. So it was just all of these like for COVID shots and da, da, da. I'm like, it's okay. This is not my first rodeo. I know it's up, you know, you know, I'm pressing the numbers. And uh, after essentially like being on hold and then being hung up on and then being put on hold again um, and then just never having someone coming back. I just like, I literally, I got hung up on and then I, phone was down and I just started screaming to this empty phone in the middle of the street. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, you know, can't, can't you see that I have like my time right now is more valuable than it used to be. Like, I don't have time to deal with you and the way that you're treating me. You know what I mean? Like, thank, I mean, like, thank God my mom is not terminally ill. Thank God she's okay. But like, you know, what if I'm, you know, what if I'm dealing with something really harsh? Like, is this the right way to treat people, especially when they're doing exactly what you told them to do? Like, I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do. And yet, like, I'm being treated this way. It's horrible. It's just not, it's not right. It's not the right way. And so I essentially just that night, I went home, I wrote down my frustrations. And then I just basically kept track of all of it, the next few calls that I had. And then I just kept thinking, okay, what, what's wrong with this? Like, what would I rather have happen? Is it possible to have this happen? Like all, all of this stuff. And then that's what led me on where I am today. So it's like the. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Um, you know, first of all, I, I, I always find founder stories very, um, very fascinating, very inspirational. Um, certainly, um, immigrant stories, you know, and, and founding immigrant stories are, are very, 
um, inspirational. You know, there, there's, there's a whole different uphill climb that's yeah. involved there that most of us don't even get right. Um, oh, coming sure. to a foreign country and learning a new culture and integrating into school and learning another language and, um, all that stuff, just trying to find your own identity and your own place in the world and find your tribe, which, you know, it can be hard when you're, when you're out of place, right? I've lived, oh, yeah. you know, in other places as well. And, and you know, and, and traveled extensively and, um, when you don't know the language, when you don't know the culture, like it's, it's very difficult. Right. Um, and then to see you, um, you know, uh, take this artistic side of yourself and figure out, um, a really cool application of it that, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of had a similar journey myself having started, you know, as a, as a teenager in art, I did theater actually as well. I did a little yeah. bit of theater, not a lot, um, but, but I did a little bit. Um, and, uh, but I was more in art, thought I'd go into architecture because making a month, you know, making a living as an artist was going to be really challenging. And, um, I ended up, you know, going into art architecture, um, ended up in engineering kind of by happenstance. Um, and that kind of led me to, to where I'm at, you know, today. And I've, uh, you know, I still have to have my creative outlets, most definitely yeah. music being one of those, um, at some point when there's enough time, I do want to go back to the canvas, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. you know, start painting and stuff again. But, um, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and, and founding is, is definitely a, a creative outlet for me. It's a, it's an opportunity yeah. to solve problems, to look at a blank canvas and to ideate and dream and figure out how to build something. Right. Um, and so sure. it's, it's, it's so cool to see you, um, kind of go through that journey. Uh, of course, you know, um, struggling with your mom's health, that's a, a whole different thing. You know, you gotta re reset your priorities. I know in the midst you've oh, kind in of a big way, in a big way. Yeah. 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 And it's like, you know, it's funny because like my, my parents also are not like my dad barely knows how to use an iPhone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my mom, the same, like they're not in technology at all. They, you know, so it's just, it's like, I, I think about them a lot, actually. Like I think, okay, how do we make it in a way that they can use it? You know, like they don't have to know any, like I watch my mom and dad playing with stuff and seeing like the design behind it of how, how did they make it simple enough where like, you know, you just get it or you could learn it really quickly. And so when I'm, when I'm working on stuff, I'm always thinking about that. I'm also, I'm also dyslexic. And so I feel like that also helps me because I'm, I'm, I'm designing for people that are, that are not visually, like they may, may not be visually, like they'll, um, not visually, but like having to read something, like just feeling it intuitively, it's, it feels, you know, better to me. So, yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk about, um, you know, this transition a little bit from, um, you know, UX UI designer to now first time founder and, you know, female founder, let's, um, let's just talk a little bit about your experience there so far. Um, what stood out to you, you know, over the past year here and, um, what's, uh, what's been awesome about the process, what's been challenging, um, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, when I, when I, so, so I was like, okay, how far can I get this myself? Right. So, um, when I started, when I started on this journey, I was like, okay, I'm going to do all the processes that I do to create an app. Right. And, and built that out. And that was in my wheelhouse. And, um, the things that I felt like were really helpful to me there was at the beginning stages was learning to reach out and really just ask for things like ask for help. So for example, um, we needed to find someone that, is in the customer service uh, um, space that that does the outsourcing of the customer service. So we reached out to a bunch of people and just kind of said, "Hey, we're working on this. We're really, really early. Like, we'd like your input. Can we? Can you talk to us?" And it was like surprising how many people are like, "Yeah, we'd be happy to talk to you." Like, you know, wow, so simple, you know. And then um, then we were like, "Okay, we need some data. Like, we need we need to make sure that that what we're building is is based on real facts that are up to date. That you know, and then we we reach out to someone named Steve Morell at Contact Babel. Uh, shout out to Steve, you're awesome. And he he basically um, he he loved the idea and like opened up a bunch of of stats, you know. And and so 
I just kind of feel like that was the first thing that I learned is like, hey, you don't know. There's people that know and chances are they're happy to help you out with it. So just ask, just ask. They could say no and that's okay. You'll just, you know, keep asking. And then the question is like, what do you ask? Like, when do you ask? That's been the, the, the hardest part of the journey for me. So I got the app out. Like, I mean, meaning I got the app prototype designed and like, and like you could touch it and feel it. Then I kind of went out to all my friends and I was like, Hey guys, like, here's this thing I've been working on. I think it's kind of cool. Like, what do you guys think about it? Right. And got a bunch of their feedback. And then they basically like pushed me to go and talk with businesses and see if this is something that, that, because ultimately like the businesses would have to buy in. So uh, when, and I spoke with businesses. So at that point, like after I had built it out, I went to businesses and consumers, like just users and like whoever would listen, I'd be like, Hey, I'm working on this thing. Can you please check it out? What's your feedback for it? And, and I feel like that was a little haphazard. Like, you know, if I were to do it again, I would do it like a lot more organized and a lot more like, okay, now I'm going to talk to this group and now I'm going to do this, and, you know, but it was just kind of like, okay, you, you know, this was before I had made the leap to just kind of go ahead and really do this. Um, and then I would say that, that, that the biggest, the biggest shift for me was after once I decided that, Hey, like, this is something that I really want to do. Um, and like actually leave work and do, do this, like focus on this. Um, because I thought that, okay, you know, it's pretty simple. You design the app, right? So now you need to find somebody that could build the app. And then once you find someone that could build the app, they build the app. And then you're, you know, you have the MVP and you take it out and you see who's going to use it and stuff like that. And it still sounds like, Hey, it should, this seems right. Right. But I got to this place where I was like, well, in order to build the app, I need money, you know? And then I was like, okay, well then let's go down that thing, you know? Okay. Well, how do you build the deck? How do you build a deck? Like, what does the deck have to say? Then there's like, you can go so deep in all of these things. Right. Um, and, and so I, I often wonder like, you know, because now I'm, now I'm hitting up accelerators, right. But I often wonder like, should I have just gone like super early to that? And I didn't know that that wasn't like, it just didn't occur to me. So then made the deck, um, went out to, you know, Steve connect me to, to some VCs. I got connected to other VCs and like, you know, then I'm just kind of like pitching this thing. Right. But I didn't realize that I'm like, I didn't realize so many things. Like I didn't realize, okay, well, you know, you're pre product, pre everything, like, you know, how much can you ask for? Like it, it, you know, like, okay, go talk to development teams. All right. You, you know, the, just setting up a bunch of stuff was really like, I, I think that that's where obviously, again, like just speaking about it, I get that like, okay, you go to accelerators and then they just kind of like set you up with like, okay, now you do this, you know, but okay. Going back to the female thing. Um, um, there's a, there's a program called flick, right. And they set you up with like a bunch of female, uh, females that are in school that are not in school. You can intern with them. Like they just kind of like a female ecosystem that they have. Um, and they had a program where like this thing called built first. So then you're able to use all these programs and they give you discounts for it. Um, and all of these things, like little by little, I was like, okay, cool. Like there's support. I just need to look into the female world of support. Right. And I'm still learning how, how to do that, like, and reach out and, um, it, like, like have that experience. Right. Um, the, I never realized the feeling of being a female though. I, I'll, I'll say this, like I never realized the fe feeling of actually being like a female, a m minority kind of thing until this last year. Um, I went to all these crypto conferences, right? And I'm talking with a bunch of people and it was the first time, really, really, I know it's hard to believe, like it's the first time that I've experienced discrimination, like in sex, se sexual discrimination in my life. Like I've never felt it before. So it took me a minute to just be like, Oh, this is what's up. Like, and like, for example, I'm talking to somebody and I'm having this like deep conversation with this guy. And then some other person will come and then him and this other person will start talking. And it's almost like, I'm not there anymore. Like, even if I say something, it's just, it's almost. And so for a female, you're just kind of like, Whoa, what, like, what was that? Like, you know, like I, I didn't even get it, you know? So the next time it happened, I was like, Oh, like, Oh, I see what's going on. Right. So then I was like, okay, the next time this happens, I'm going to be really loud and see what's up with that, you know? <laughs> or then the next time that happens, I'm just going to walk away. And I tried like different things. And that led me to kind of like, 
go online and see how other women are dealing with it. And so, for example, I read about this article of these two women founders that created a fake male chief suite officer that would essentially send emails and receive emails. And they found like amazing success with this dude. Like they would send out a message, nothing would happen. They would send it out from this dude, this fake dude, bam, you know? And I was like, man, this thing is like real, right? And I thought, okay, like I can do that. That's easy. Um, but then I ended up talking with a lot more women. Every then, then whenever I went to a conference, I was just like, like seeking out the women because I realized that I even I was like going like, all right, who do I need to talk to? All right, there's some dude, you know. Then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go talk to women, and they kind of like gave me. They were like, no, dude, you're 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 at the beginning of this. You need to like man up to this. You need a woman up to this deal with all of this shit and then fix it, you know, like make sure that you're, you're, you're part of the solution. Like you can't hide behind some like NFT and like some name and just, you know, like you got to do something about it. But um, now when I talk, like, like I saw, I saw Gary V at this conference and I went, I like beeline for him and I was like, Gary, like you have a platform, like you need to, you need to help these dudes out because the, the truth is, is that I don't think they even know. Like, like, honestly, I think if I were to talk with one of them and just be like, yeah, no, no, they'd be like, totally like, you know, they, they want equality, but they have no idea that, that, that that's going on at all. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah. sorry, sidetrack, sidetrack. No, you're good. Like, what this is, like this is great. Being, this is important actually. Be, being <laughs> a woman, like, it's just like, and, and you know what, there's the other thing where it's like, you read reports, like, uh, Docsend and all these companies release reports where they say like, okay, women are not getting as much funding as, as, as men, you know, and you read that and you're like, how, how much do I, like, what do I do with that information? Like, how much do I like, let that sink in? Like, do I let that hit me? Or do I just kind of go like, look, I can do the best I can do. That's the best I could do. And that's it. Like, I, I don't know what else you, you want. Right. Um, so I just try not to like, I try to make that a reality, but like, like acknowledge that it is a reality, but kind of not make it part of my daily, like climb kind of thing. Um, but there are some things that I read about that I learned that I, that I feel like, wow. Okay. Like for example, um, this woman, I just watched this Ted talk about this woman where she says that, um, women and men, they go and meet a VC. The VC asks them two different kinds of questions. Okay. There's possibility questions, right? Like, hey, how much are you going to grow? What markets are you looking at getting into? And then there's, um, I don't remember what the word is, but like, hey, how are you going to retain your users? You know, how are you going to deal with this inflation that's happening? How are you, it's like protective versus expand, expansive, expanding, protecting, you know? And um, she basically shows that that for women, they get a lot more protective questions, whereas men get a lot more like, how are you going to expand? What are the possibilities? Da, da, da. And then at the end of the talk, she explains how you can, if you if you recognize that kind of question, you can change the dialogue and make it, you know, um, you can be, be an expansive one. Yeah, you can begin to shift it, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. well, cool. So, um <laughs> You know, first of all, I mean, for our guest, um, you know, one thing to be really uh, aware of, I think, is that um, for for those of us that are artistic, we're generally not linear thinkers. Um, And, um, you know, oftentimes that's why, you know, artists, um, they they live life to the beat of a different drum. And -hmm. sometimes, you know, um, society looks at artists as. overly eccentric right people that are mm. that are really out there because um they don't do things the same as a lot of people are in the same order and you know um you know uh, you and i aren't founders who have gone to stanford you know and got an mba and learned like here's step one and here's step two and here's step three and here's step four and you, you got to go through the steps exactly in that order right um and it's just been for for you and i it's been uh this kind of um a process of you know jumping to z and then back to d and then up to m and you know what like like you know you're you're, you're just kind of back and forth um because we we aren't generally super linear thinkers we we're, we're outside the box a little bit and i actually i have both sides of my brain like you know that that i i, I do have this very engineer side of my brain right and i also have this very artistic side so um it's been an interesting journey for me over my 
almost 47 years. Um, I can't believe I'm almost 50, Giselle, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I never thought I'd be 40, let alone 50. What the hell happened? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's been an interesting journey for me still, you know, to kind of, and, and I notice it, you know, in my day to day, you know, in my, my personal and business interactions and, and, you know, the way I live life, you know, I'm like, oh, that's the artist in me that's coming out and that's mm-hmm. the engineer and, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to bring them together. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I respect and honor that, that side of your journey, you know, here. And then, of course, um, you, you know, this topic of biases in the workplace, in society, um, um, in, you know, founders and communities, um, it's something that obviously, uh, you know, the world is becoming far more, um, mindful of, right. Um, and we're, we're noticing more than we ever have before and we're understanding. And I think, you know, from a psychological perspective, you know, uh, with your background there, at least, um, you know, my own, my own beliefs or, you know, some of the, the, the studying I've done around this, some of the research I've done, and I, I'm not going to say I've done extensive research, but, um, you, you know, th- there was a time where in society, in order to survive, we had to segregate into these tribes, right? Into mm. literal, you know, tribes that where we protected each other. And um, we seem to have formed these very closed sort of mindsets um, and anything outside of what was our perception or box of what was good, right? Um, suddenly uh, is some sort of threat. And, and you know, 2000 years ago, that might've been very real or, you know, 10,000 years, years ago, that might've been very real. Like, you know, anybody outside your tribe or any animal or rock outside your tribe, I don't know, right. you know, was, was yeah. a potential threat. And so I think, you know, as humanity, we, we, we formed these paradigms and we formed, you know, these, these limited mindsets that, um, that have plagued us for millennia, you know, and, um, and, and I think we're, you know, I, I know that I don't love the term woke, right. And, and I know there's a lot of stigma around that as well, but, but I do think we're becoming more enlightened. I think we're, I do we're too. Awakening, um, I do too, know? for sure. Yeah. And, like, and but, I think it's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that that it's it's really important for us to all realize, you know, th- that we all have built-in biases, whether we believe it or not, or whether we know it or not. And I I try to be very open. Um, you know, I uh, my my three biological sons are Mexican American. Their mom was Mexican, right? My wife is Costa Rican. Her, you know, uh, she's Costa Rican American. Her children are Costa Rican American. My my stepchildren, right, are Costa Rican American, and so um, I, I've always been, I think, far more um, aware than maybe you know the, the standard middle-aged white male of some of these biases that exist in society, and I'm able to perceive them and pick them up quicker, maybe be more yeah. sensitive to them. While I try not to be, you know, like overly sensitive to them, but but understand better, right? Um, but even that, you know, uh, for me. Um, as the world has awoken, you know, more and more over recent decades, it's been a process for me to identify my own biases and, and my own paradigms that were built in, uh, you know, from early age, you know, and, and growing up in, you know, neighborhoods and a state that was like the amount of people of color or diverse yeah. backgrounds or orientation or whatever it was like that, like it was minuscule, like maybe yeah. less than 1%. And so, um, you know, I've had this, you know, this, this journey of my own to identify my own biases and how those show up. Even as you said, in these conversations with investors, you know, where the questions are completely different. Um, and I get it because men oftentimes, um, our programming is to be protectors, right? We're, we're supposed to be papa bears and providers. And so, um, when it comes to, uh, you know, sometimes a female founder, I can see that where they, the, the conversation shifts to, well, how, you know, how are you going to mitigate risk and how are we going to protect you? Yeah. And how are you going to protect yourself? And yeah. when it's a man, it's like, go out on the war path and make this thing happen and how are you yeah. going to kill it? Right. You know, yeah. and so it's just, it's a different conversation and it's so fascinating to kind of, um, see that and understand and then go, okay, all right. I see my yeah. own biases there. How do I begin to bring that, you know, together in a more cohesive way, you know? And then as a, and, and then as a woman, like, how do you, how do you, 
react to it. Like, you know, so for example, like I spent some, I, I decided, okay, the next events that I go to, I'm just going to be very, I'm going to dress very not like feminine, you know, and just kind of see like how, how will that affect? Like, you know, do I try to be more like a guy, you know, do, or do I just kind of stay the way that I am? And, and, and so it's like, it's kind of like being able to modulate yourself in a way that gives you what you need to, but at the same time, kind of hold on to like, to being a female founder and knowing that that's like, okay. And like, it it may not, it it may not be you. Like, so there's, Cause it's, it's really easy to just be like, what am I doing? Like, what, what, why isn't this, you know, but then you just kind of go like, okay, I don't know. Like I, I can, and that kind of goes, goes to my, um, my like belief about life. Like, so I have, a, I have like a, a, like a mindset that I feel like has helped me in all my life. Right. And I can just kind of lean back on it anytime. And, and it, it just, it just helps me like get recentered. Um, and that is like, it's a video video game theory. So the the idea is is that is that you come to play a video game, right? You play the first level and you're going to fail. And then you're going to get back to this that level and you're going to fail again and you're just going to keep failing over and over and over and over again until you like meet the main dude and then hopefully you you win at him and then you go to the next level and then you do it all over again and then you just keep doing that for the rest of your life, right? And so for me it's just kind of like okay, like I'm at this level and I'm just going to keep trying all different ways, you know, and modulate and go like, okay, that worked. This didn't work. I need to do this. This is, you know, and I'm just going to keep doing it until I reach that one boss, you know, where it's just like, okay, I need this. Then as soon as that finishes, I almost know that the next level is going to be the same thing. I'm going to start all over again. I'm not going to know what I'm doing. I'm going to try and figure things out. I'm going to fail. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to fail. I'm going to succeed, you know, and then again, big boss, you know, and like that is life. And so I feel like that's helped me so much, like so, so much. That mindset has helped me so much because I never expect it to be easy. Like I never expect it to be like, why, why doesn't this just like work for me or whatever? It's just, well, because this is the game. Like this is, this is what, why, why I'm alive. Like this is why I'm playing. Right. So, and then you now have like multiplayer games. So like you meet up with other people that know this part and that part and, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, but that, that's, that's helped me a lot like with with all all of it the whole thing i love that so much video game yeah. theory you know um yeah and it, i it didn't know that really... it was called the video game theory until i saw um some someone uh i should find the youtube channel that gave a ted talk on it and i was like oh my god this is like this is yeah. the theory you know so yeah doesn't it make so much sense like you oh. know um it's life and it's also business, um, you know, and yeah. I know you're you're just kind of getting your journey started. Um, you've already had some of that, but you'll have more. I mean, I've, I've been at it 24 years and I can tell you that I've, I've failed a lot of levels <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In multiple different businesses, you know, and and uh, and sooner or later. Yeah. You know, you, you, you beat that level and you move on and, uh, you know, you, you move on to the next level. But um, I can tell you, like business rarely do you ever get to a a point where you just coast? Like you're always fighting some sort of nemesis, right? You're always trying to level up. Um, and you often lose the level over and over again until you figure out. And and the thing is like, and what's Einstein's, um, uh, you know, his, his saying, um, the definition of of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a, a different result. Right. Right. It's the same thing when you were, you know, when I was a kid playing super Mario brothers, like, you know, you didn't, you didn't play the level the exact same every time. Like you, you tried yeah. waiting at some point and then you'd jump at a different point and then yeah. you would like throw a punch at a different, what, whatever. Right. Um, so, um, you adjust your game plan along the way. You, you AB test, you try something different. Um, and sooner or later, okay, you get past a portion and then you got to get past yeah. that next portion. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Chris, uh, joining us from, uh, LinkedIn says the next levels get harder and harder, but the rewards are greater and greater and that level up. Yeah. That, that is so true. You know? Um, so I love that too, because like, um, as a founder, I mean, the, the one of the hardest journeys is self-sabotage, right? Um, it's, and every founder I know, even founders I know that are running businesses that are valued in the billions they have imposter syndrome, right? I do. Oh my God. Um, So much. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, and, and you just, you, you always feel, um, like 
you're supposed to have all the answers, but the reality is you have such a minuscule amount of those, right? Yes. Um, and and so um, putting it into that context of, look, I'm just little by little, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out my level and I'm leveling up, you know, one, one level yeah. at a time, right? Um, it just makes so much more sense. And it, and it, I think it brings some sanity back to the whole process and, and re- restores some, um, some self-belief, right? Because right. That, that's one of the things that's so hard as a founder. A lot of people don't understand, like those, those defeats can be so demoralizing, you know, and so difficult and they can set you back. You know, if you, if you don't learn to just stand yeah. back up and say, big deal. All right. You know, like, like, like we felt that one, we're going to go back and start over and we're going to figure out how we get through it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And the, like the defeats are kind of, you know, it's just kind of, you know, those thoughts that wake you up at night and you're just kind of like up and you're like, what should I, like, what should I be doing? What am I not doing? Right. Like how much protection? That's the other thing. It's like, it's like, you know, that fine line of just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And like, er- everyone needs to know to like, okay, like you have to create moats and you have to have like this. And it's like, how, like, you know, just, just navigating that alone. is just kind of like, I have, I've spent so much time just like thinking about that to the point where I was like, in life, you know what, the universe, I did not pick to be on this journey. Like, you know what, maybe I said yes to it, but like, it's not like I woke up and said, Hey, I think I want to do this. You know, it was just, it just happened, you know? So if, if the universe like, I just also have to just trust the universe, right? Like where it's like, okay, you know what? Again, doing the best I can. And if if I'm, if I need to, like, if I can just share this with everyone, it will bring the right people to me and then we will work on it together and this will be a good solution for people and we'll help people. Like, you, you know, it just has to be that simple, right? Yeah, so, I, I gotta tell you how, just how real and important that is, Giselle. Like, um and and how much for so long i kind of fought against that um and and it really hampered my journey and so um i've been leaning hard into that in recent years of uh just understanding and knowing that as long as i do the groundwork and do what i feel is right um that the resources and the people and uh all of the stars that i need to align will and for me once i've kind of relinquished myself to that journey and and stop saying it's all under my control and it's all me and I've got to make it happen. Um, I can't even tell you, even just this year, like the stars that have aligned in a way that they never have in my 24 mm-hmm. year entrepreneurial journey. So that's one of the things that like, I have to, you know, uh, I have to counsel budding entrepreneurs, you know, and, and say, look, like um, respect the journey, understand and know that, um, you know, that maybe there are greater things, that, uh, you know, behind the scenes yeah. that work. Um, and, um, you know, y- you have to know it's not all on you and um, you grind to do the right things, you know, upskill your knowledge, your your capabilities, your acumen, you know, as, as a business leader, as, um, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, connect to the right people. But as you do that, like things will just come out of the woodwork that I, I've been in the past, 18 months, I've been blindsided multiple different times just by something that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> yeah. I thought that would never, ever happen. I thought I would have to grind and grind and grind to get that, right? Um, and things have just come. And you, you have to also, and this has been a tough thing for me because I'm a very independent kind of, uh, you know, guy that I, I'm, uh, I'm proud to be self-made. I'm proud to like, to, to be in, you know, like, produce my own outcomes. Right. Um, and, and I've always, and I'm a giver, not a taker. And so, um, uh, you know, part of my journey has been to relinquish myself and say, you know what, I need to let others serve me too. When, when those stars align, because early on in my journey, like I'd push those stars out of the way and I'd be like, I'm just going to trudge ahead and do my thing. Right. Mm. And I'm going to get there myself. Right. Um, but when those stars align, sometimes you got to recognize it and say, okay, yeah. Thank you. You know, whatever, you know, universe, higher power, God, whatever you want to say, right. Thank you. Um, I'm going to lean into that and, and I'm going to, I'm going to let that, that person or that resource, you know, serve me and be a tool to me. Um, and so, um, and you know, I know we've had this talk about, you know, that those that are aligning for you as well. And it's, it's super cool, you know, and I think if you're, for me, I, I know I'm a firm believer in karma. You put the right energy out there, you know, you do the right things, the right things come back in time, you know, um, 
yeah. think so too. And it's like, you, you know, it's originally I, I like earlier I had said, Hey, you know, just call out and ask for help. Right. And I, and I got so much help that way. And then the, the thing that I've been noticing is that, you know, sometimes like once I connect, I'm just kind of like scared to, to, to ask for more. Like, I don't want to be a time suck, you know? And I just kind of go like, how much am I is, is, you know, like, I just kind of make excuses. I'm like, this person is doing other things. Like they're so busy with their own life, you know, that like, you know, is it, can I handle this myself? Like maybe I could just do this myself, you know? And that's been a, a hard thing for me. And the other thing that's been really hard for me is just being, being social, right? It's like, I keep, I keep going like, all right, well, maybe I should talk about this. Then I go like, well, wait, let me get a little bit better at doing this. Then I'll talk, you know? And I just kind of keep pushing things back because I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not there. And like, what, you know, is this thing even real? Like, is like, there's just all of this like self doubt that happens that stops me from like, as you say, like leaning in, you, you know, um, because like, like there's so much that I don't know. And there's so much that I'm, that I'm just kind of like, I, you know, there's a lot of what ifs, like there's so many what ifs and they go in both, both directions. Like what if it goes really well, but, or what if they find out that I have no idea what I'm doing and like, you know, I have to, and then, and then it's just kind of like, well, I think I should just start off with that. Hi, I'm Giselle. I know kind of what I'm doing, but it's like, hey, this is like first time. I'm just, you know, it's yeah. just so. I but I do believe that that when you say karma, like, like, I'm just. I already see that, like, like already. I'm just kind of like, okay, what can I do with like females? Like, how can I help people? Like, it's like I'm already like, hey, like, like this is so needed that I want to be part of part of it. Like I want, I want someone else to not have to go through what I went through. So it's like, it's like, I really see that. And I've experienced that with so many people. I cannot tell you, like, I cannot tell you how many people have been so just, just like, it's made me cry. Like it really, like, I've just like, seriously, I've gotten emo about it because like, I just can't believe it. Like, yeah. I just can't believe that people are so kind, like yeah. so kind, so generous, so patient, so um, just like amazing amazing and then yeah. all i have to give back is like memes <laughs> <laughs> memes are awesome are you kidding me <laughs> like, that's like, an amazing like, give back i love you yeah. here's the memes you know thank you so much <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah you know i've i've had those moments and and recently you know had several in fact it was a cryptopia last week I'm i'm running a you know a cyber panel and i got i got emo myself because i was thinking about some of those people that have, you know, come, come in my journey and, you know, actually driving there, I was thinking about it and I was crying in my car, just driving down the freeway. Like, yeah. um, you know, because, um, the, the struggle's real as a founder, you know? And, and so I, I it's been so cool to real. see you understand early on that, you know, I need advisors, I need mentors, I need people. And Chris, yeah. you know, uh, joining us again from LinkedIn. So Sulka, I think I say your last name, Chris, I hope I'm not botching that, but, um, he says, it's great when you can meet people who have worked uh, those levels and can help you achieve those levels without as much pain, right? And that's, oh, yeah. by the way, that's what TechBeat's all about for me. You know, I've, I've yeah. been at my journey for 24 years. I won't ever pretend to have all the answers. I won't ever pretend to be right. Uh, yeah. But I've learned a hell of a lot in nearly two and a half decades. Uh, and I've taken my lumps in the process. And so for me, you know, sharing these stories um, and highlighting, you know, other founders is all about putting um content and thought leadership out there to help other founders shortcut and hack their journey right um mm. and and so um and we eat it up like you. like yeah. really like it's so important i can't i can't tell you like this kind of work is so important yeah it well i appreciate that and i, I yeah. really appreciate you being a part of it as well but uh, thank you yeah you know that's one thing that i honestly one of my one of my biggest mistakes you know as an early entrepreneur is to not have looked for and found more advisors and mentors and coaches early on and to not have leveraged that. And, and I get it. You don't want to, you don't want to abuse, you don't want to overuse people's time and you have to be, you do have to be careful. You know, if you get overly abusive, people get turned off. Right. So, um, but most advisors and mentors are willing to give you an hour a month, right. Um, or right. an hour, a quarter, right. And, and that right. time just to pick their brain on, Hey, here's the, and be mindful about the whole process. Like have documented, like, here's the things I'm, I'm, I'm having challenges with and the things that I'm, I've been working on, but I can't get past this level. What do you know about it? You know, what can you tell me? And, um, what, what advice can you give, you know, give me to get there? So, um, yeah. anyways, 
transitioning, you know, a little bit off of that topic here, um, Giselle, I do want to highlight, you know, we've got about 10 minutes left here. I want to highlight what you're doing at ILO. Um, and so going back to the story of, you know, your mom's ill and you're dealing with this awful customer service experience, which is what we have all the time in corp, you know, with dealing with corporate America anymore. Um, and I've, I've actually got a couple of posts lined up that I'm, I'm debating whether I, I share those or not. Some recent um, interactions, one with Home Depot, um, you know, that was absolutely awful. Um, yeah. And another with a, you know, a large national chain. Um, and, you know, customer services kind of become this thing of the past. And so you call up and you get this damn automated phone tree that you get the runaround over and over again. And you get disconnected half the time and, um, or you get to somebody. Or you're yeah, it's like yeah. you don't speak Spanish, they'll always ask you like you need you know, do you need Spanish? Like Yeah, yeah. No personalization. Like, no, do you have somebody that, that can speak Persian to me? How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um so let's um, let's talk a little bit about this idea of, you know, um you had this moment that was so frustrating and um out of that yeah. comes this amazing In idea ILO. and what yeah. you're working on. Yeah. Yeah, so it's basically the the main realization was that like we need tools, consumers need tools, right? So when I looked at it, I saw that that businesses have so many tools to help them deal with their customers, right? CRMs, customer relationship management platforms, like that's what they are, right? And then when you look at the consumer's end, right? Whether you're a consumer like personally or you're a consumer for a business, like you're calling your vendors, right? Like you have no tools, like you have a piece of paper that you could write on, like what, what's the best contact information? You have to go on Google to find out. Is this the best time to call? When is the best time to call, right? Um, who did you talk to last time? How long are you gonna be on hold? Uh, where are their locations? Like there's just all of these things where it's like, it's totally just left on you to, to figure this thing out, right? And so for me, it was just kind of like, okay, we're calling it customer service, but there's no service for the customer. It's it's actually the opposite. Like you get hung up on, you're just left to fend for yourself and that's it. You get, you get upset. You can go on Twitter and write about it. So what ILO does is like, we wait on hold for you. We replace hold music. We give you a place to write notes. We use AI to like transcribe your calls and be able to um, get the, you know, Hey, my name is Jesse and your account number is this and da da da. And then we help automate things like, hey, do you need a call back from this company? Um, you know, hey, you said that you're going to call them back at this time. This is a reminder. Call them back at this time. Just just tools. And then from from talking with businesses, we learned that lots of businesses are on hold day in and day out contacting their vendors. And so um, and then maintaining that vendor, vendor relationship, like if an employee leaves, what did the employee say to the vendor? Uh, where do they leave it off? You know, and then also the information that gets shared to be able to speak with the vendor, account information, passwords, things like that. So essentially what ILO is, is, is we are a tool for the consumer to manage their interactions with businesses. What, you know, again, whether personal or for a business, like we give you a tool so that you don't have to do it by yourself. We use data to find out like your hold times, we'll wait on hold for you. We'll tell you, hey, right now is not the time to call. Go do something else. We'll wait on hold for you. We'll call you when it's time and you're good to go. And there are already businesses that are that are realizing that this is the way to go. And that's great. Like we we want that. That's support. Like why not? You know? But um we're giving an omni-channel, multimodal for the consumer, single, you know, single platform that that they can go ahead and manage, you know, initiate, manage, review, just do what they need to do, you know, so that so that they're not left just spending for themselves and so that their time is like they can go and do other things with their time, you know, because because like if I'm a single mother and I have to call because the internet is off, right? Like I'm taking the time that I would spend with my kids. I'm taking my like brain space to have to deal with something with no tools that affect me like you know, why? Like, why? When we are doing so many amazing things, like, why should this be, like, one of the banes of our existence? Like, this is ridiculous, right? So I just, I really, I really, I really want to help people, you know, with that. I feel like it, it would help. It's not the biggest, like, it's not like, you know, it's not like global warming. It's not like, 
you know, being able to help with like something big, but I just kind of feel like those little minutes like add up, like the feelings that you have add up, like knowing that you don't have to handle that. Like it, it, it makes it better. Like it's a better experience, I think. And then businesses benefit because if I'm not angry, you know, and if I'm like, if my, if my experience, because, because just even the identity portion, right? Like I, um, I want to like cut it out cause I know we're, we're close, but it's like, even this thing of having to identify who I am, right? I know who I am. This thing could, could, could get me into my health records, you know, and into my bank. Right. Like, like, why do I have to take time out of the call to verify that I am who I am? Why, why does this even need to be a thing? And this is like an $11.9 billion cost. Like it costs the U S businesses, just U S businesses, $11.9 billion to verify that the customer is who they say they are. That's like billions of dollars. It's not going towards other things. Right. But it's like, it's ridiculous. Right. So it's just, bringing improvements is to an area that I feel like just really needs improvements. Uh, it makes yeah, so much sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, so I recently switched carriers on this thing, right? Um, yeah. Uh, because there was, you know, a, a carrier that has better 5g coverage here in Utah. Um, and I was tired of, you know, having um, mostly 4g in most places. And so, man, that was an awful decision. It took me, it it took me like six phone calls of two to two and a half hours each. And many of those, you know, on hold for over an hour, I would get on the phone with somebody and then get, you get disconnected or something like that. You know, it was so, and as a founder who has like literally no time, uh, you know, my, my days are scheduled four to six weeks booked solid in advance. Right. Um, for me, it took me like four months to switch cell phone carriers because, I would have, I was scheduled an hour, you know, to, to, to call and try to work through it. And I'd have to, and then you have the to start all over. like, I, I got to get on a meeting. You, you know, yeah. you had an hour window and you didn't help me and I got to get on a meeting and I'm going to have to schedule another time three weeks down and the road. And then when you do, you to have try to, to figure start this thing all out. over. Yeah. That's the part that's so <laughs> yeah. annoying too. It's like, you already yeah. did it. Now you have to start again and again, yeah. again. Like, it's so God. painful. And like, and there yeah. are things that you can't, because of, you know, privacy, you can't give to somebody else to do for you. Right. Um, you know, literally now, like if you're not, yeah. if they're not on the count, you know, they can't affect changes. Right. And so but that's, what's so amazing about, about NFT, like digital and digital IDs, like digital identification on the blockchain and digital NFTs. Like it's an actual use case where it's like your, your data is protected. You know, exactly who's coming in and out, but you're able to share it. And that it's like, yeah. wow, it's amazing. Well, and like, as you mentioned, coming. you can do all the authentication here. Like yeah. you can use biometrics yeah. and you yes, can use exactly. MFA even and everything this. right here yeah. before yeah. you even have to interact. Right. Um, yes. Now as a cyber guy, I can tell you there are ways to hack that stuff. Right. And, and, and so yeah. there, it's not yeah. an end all be all, but I, I do yeah. think that there are um, definitely there, there are plays and there are ways to improve all this. And I, and yeah. kudos to you for, you know, looking at, it's not just consumers, but businesses, businesses, you have to call, like you mentioned vendors and like, oh, yeah. I don't even know how much time our team spends on hold trying to get hold of vendors every week, but it's, it's tens of hours minimum, oh, yeah. maybe hundreds of hours. Yes. Okay. Maybe they're answering emails while they're on hold and all that kind of stuff, but so much easier just to get in queue and say, okay, you know, yeah. call me back when, when, you know, when, yeah, when you've go got to an agent available. Team. Yeah. Right. Yeah like anyone in yeah. your team, right? I, I actually, one of the businesses that I met, they took me into a room and showed me a room full of people that day in and day out are on hold with insurance companies. I was like, wow, this is, this is insane. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's so rough. Um, yeah. we're winding down here. We've got about a minute left. Um, Giselle, first of all, Dude. I just want to thank you so much for Dude. spending the hour with me. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, Dude, it's been so, so much. much fun. Oh, are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Is, from the moment that, I, that we've met, I just kind of, I just, I see you be, I see you, Earl. I see you just kind of being like a source of support for a lot of people. Like, I, it's just like so clear, you know? So thank you for doing what you do. It's it's just I, awesome. I really, I really appreciate that. I appreciate you getting me, yeah. you know, and, and uh, I want you to know I see you as well. And, and I'm, you know, from, yeah. the, from the first time we met, I was super impressed and I saw, you know, the potential yeah. here. Um, so, you know, uh, Giselle's starting to look at capital, um, you know, all the investors out there, this, this is a gal that's going places and her startups going places. Um, she's already yeah. got some people in line, already got some people that we've been talking to and, you know, making yeah. some in intros to and, and stuff. So if you're, you know, 
uh, if you want to be part of something big with a with a really cool founder that's going places, um, you know, and helping uh, a lot of people. Yeah, help a lot yeah. of people with uh, you know um, uh, a venture that's that has a massive market cap. Um, yeah. You know, Hit up Giselle. You can hit me up too. I'm happy to make the intros. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's see. Just quick reminder: some of our upcoming guests on uh, upcoming segments: Johnny Hanna, uh, Basam Salem, Tim Cooley, James Clark, uh, Tara Spalding, Sid Tetro. Um, keep an eye out for those those segments coming up on TechBeat. Thank you all for joining us today. It's been such a, uh, a fun hour here. Giselle and I are going to sign off. Um, thank you again for hanging out with me, Giselle. Yeah, thank you so much, Earl. It was awesome. Thank you, guys. Okay, see y'all. <laughs> Bye.